CabanaDeprived.com is proud to present Top 8 Magic Podcast with Michael J. Flores and Brian David Marshall. Brought to your ears thanks to FaceToFaceGames.com. I, I really hope this guy comes back. What guy? So, have you ever seen like one of those cars, like some like Fast and the Furious car? It's got like blue underlights and like you know like some glow coming from inside the car. And like Vin Diesel's and Vin in, Diesel's driving it, yeah. and then there's just like some blaring sound system that's just rumbling out of the back of the car. I mean, you've been to my old neighborhood, right? Like <laughs> political messages would come out of those. En español. <laughs> so just like, like this car. Voto for. Miguel. This car just goes really loud. Booming. Right? Just booming some kind of like thumpy kind of like music that Brian Kibler and Tom Martell like to listen to. And then all of a sudden and all of a sudden it just starts like booming out turn by turn GPS directions. (laughs) We should have him on the cast. I'm really I'm really hoping he has to recalibrate route. Him, grumpy old man and hook hands could be like they could be like the Marco Bellinelli, Tiago Splitter of a Top 8 Magic podcast. Oh, yeah. they, would have, they would have been able to win the East. <laughs> so, so what happened while I was away? Um, but by the way, just, hey everybody, Brian David Marshall, Mike Flores, Top 8 Magic podcast. I'm like, you may have forgotten us. It's only been two weeks. I mean, at one point, like a hiatus of two weeks would have been like, oh, another Top 8 Magic podcast so soon? <laughs> Remember, we're like, we're like biannual podcasting. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I I didn't realize that you were you're gonna be leaving. That was it. That Tuesday. Yeah, yeah, I left that Tuesday. I mean, I just I just got it in my head. I was like, I'm gonna win this trial, and then I forgot to order Doomweight Giant. And let me tell you, I visited a lot of Manhattan area uh, Magic the Gathering. Well, you know, comics slash Magic the yeah. Gathering stores. I visited the secret store in Chinatown. I don't understand how no one who plays magic can work there because there's a lot of stuff worth a lot of money in the case. And the dude's <laughs> just like, I don't really play magic. I'm like, it's it's, it's journey to the next dude. It's a, it's a rare, but it's not that rare. You know, I don't know. They've got like moxes in the cases. Is it one of these? I'm, no. So then. Yes, here's TCI, TCG Player Media. Give yeah. me. So, uh, you know, I. I knew they'd have him in Alex's store, though, because, like, you know, he's a TCG yeah. player supplier, so I'm like, I'm like, Montesi. Montesi's like... The, the single selection, and, and, like, I gotta say, so New York, the gameplay options have improved dramatically. But with no neutral ground. Yeah, but there's no, there's no, there's no good single selection. So I knew they'd have him in Alex's store, which is literally at the bottom of Brooklyn. It's one stop up from Coney yeah, Island. It's, it's, it's like... There's monsters there. Yeah, so... It's like on the map. It's just like, here there be monsters and doomwick giants. So, if you could imagine a two-hour train trip down to the bottom of Brooklyn, stepping into the store, paying $16 pre-tax for the doomwick giants, oh, getting okay. back each. on... Not each. No, no. Yeah. $4. Dude, they're $1.25 on TCG Player. <laughs> I just forgot to put them in my and, basket. And going down every day. <laughs> I mean, I, I ordered from face-to-face games in this particular case, but uh, I just forgot to put them in. Oh, yeah. So, like, I go into this trial, and I'm like, well, I got to I'm, I'm, I felt invincible. I was just like, I'm going to win. Like, I, I had that feeling. I don't know if you at home ever had this feeling. Just this moral understanding that you're going to win the tournament no matter how many rounds in the future it is. I walked in, and I'm like, 7.30 start. They didn't start until, like, close to 8.00. How many rounds Swiss? 
well, probably like three rounds of Swiss. Five rounds Swiss. Expected finish was approximately 3 a.m. That's insane. So it was like so. I mean, for a Tuesday night Grand Prix trial, it was like 40 people. So it was one. Okay, just for context, it was one round less Swiss than the first PTQ I ever won. So listeners, I I, I fly out Tuesday morning to Hawaii. I land in Hawaii around two in the afternoon Hawaiian time, which is about eight 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 thirty yeah. local time. I have dinner, you know, lunch. I hang out. I have some dinner. I'm at the bar. It's you know, probably 10.30 at night now, uh, maybe 9.30 at night. Hawaiian time. Hawaiian time, and my phone rings, and it's Michael J. Florence. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I thought you were going to block for me in the GPD. <laughs> Turns out I didn't need it. <laughs> so, I was, like, pretty happy. You know, I, I only lost one game in the Swiss. It was my... How, how many players was that? Was that, like... 40? Wow. That's huge for the uncommons. For a yeah. Tuesday night, by the way. Like, you're talking about literal yeah. expected finish of this tournament was 3 a.m. So was it, was it more people than they were expecting? I, I don't know. I think they have a GPT every month. Apparently, they're, like, used to having one big biggest oh. tournament per per month. That's uh, awesome. So uh, I, I lost one game in the Swiss. It was like, I'm so stupid. <laughs> like, I play Arbor Colossus, swing with it. He plays Stormbreath Dragon. And I'm like... La la la, like go off with my Nykthos the next turn, like make a million big thing, whatever. Not realizing he can just, and I'm like, I'll just leave back my Arbor Colossus so I can do all this goober stuff. Not realizing he can just monstrous it. So I'm just like, all right, either I could take 11. Cards that you draw. So stupid. Like, I'm like, I got, it's like one of these things where you're just like, oh, you mean if I didn't just do one of those stupid. Play a second Nykthos, untap with my Seder, blah, 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 a hundred Pelucranoses or whatever garbage thing I did on the ground this turn. I would have no chance of losing. Like, eh. Instead, he's like, eh. I'm thinking to myself, well, do I take four? Do I take seven? Plus four, which is 11, which is going to put me on dead. Like, eh, block with my Arbor Claws. He's like, monstrous my Storm Breath Dragon. It's bigger than my Arbor But I like to have one Arbor Claws in my deck, so... <laughs> So that was it. And then we're done. So, yeah, you know, I, I lasted another turn, I think. You got and a then, lot of Doomweight Giant work to do. Oh, yeah. I mean, seven is a, is, that's a lot of work for Doomweight Giant. More than I could accomplish. So did, did you play, uh, did you play See the Unwritten in your list? No. I mean, like, I was really, really, like, resolved to win the GPT before that. Because the week before the first, there's more GPTs for New Jersey. But people are like, oh, if you don't win this one, you can just win the next one. I'm like, no, I want to win the one before the Pro Tour because, yo, they're going to be good decks <laughs> the Pro Tour. Yeah. They're to buy new cards. Speaking of buying new cards, man, I, I love this red-white deck. I just, like, bought a bazillion Mythics that are, like, probably at their all-time highs right now. Like, <laughs> do you know how much a Brimaz costs? Don't ask. <laughs> one Brimaz. More than four Doomwake Giants? Uh, yes, one Brimaz is substantially more than four Doomwake Giants. I bought four of them. Like, I, I, you know which card I wish I had gotten, though? Is Soren Solemn Visitor? I didn't think yes, that card was that good at excitingness. It's actually, it levels so fast. It levels so fast, and it, like, you look at so many magic cards now that yeah. have asymmetrical power toughness. Mm -hmm. You know, you look at Siege Rhinos at 4 or 5, you look at Wingmate Rocks at 3 4. Yeah. You know, all these things. And, like, if you have a Soren and, you know, you're playing some mirror match, like, you're playing some stupid Abzan mirror. Yeah. And you're like... Oh, you could just block. <laughs> well, you block, but you can also just attack. Oh, got it, yeah. Better. 
<laughs> well, the thing about optimal play, ultimate, attacking. ultimate Soren just auto beats Andrew's deck, right? Like Andrew's deck cannot beat a Soren if if you just play a oh, Soren. Is that the abyss? Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's what they discovered at the Pro Tour. Like, so basically, if you get to if you get it to its ultimate. There's, there's no way they can win because they have four prognostic sphinx and... No, no, Andrew's deck doesn't have that. He oh, just, no, has, he he just has two serpents. Oh, he just had the two serpents. You're right, yeah. I'm sorry. But it was, well, also, it was also true against the prognostic sphinx decks. Like, it was also true against like, even Flock's deck. Yeah. Like, there was nothing they it's could... auto win. You, you got that, then they're just like, oh, I guess I have to sacrifice a prognostic sphinx this turn. I mean, it's possible that, like, black-white mid-range, you know, like the deck that, that the, uh, the Pantheon fielded, at Pro Tour Magic 2015 might be, you know, Thoughtseize, Brimaz, Soren might be the chain. Yeah. I mean, you know, Ari Lax played Soren in his I, I love, Junk I love, I love, I love Ari's deck. Really? I don't like it at really? all. Really? I like, I like the Planeswalker, Obzon, Obzon Super Friends, essentially, right? I mean, there's things about that deck that, I, I don't know. I also, I, I also really like Mike Sigrist's deck. I mean, I really don't like two Elvish Mystics. If there's going to be a card I'm going to have two of, that's not the one. <laughs> like, like, oh, I'm playing Elvish Mystic. How about four? I mean, like, that's, that's the thing. It's like, I, I don't care if it's right. I mean, like, <laughs> I'm sure, I'm sure his team put some effort into this. Oh, actually, I asked Chetty this. How is the captain of Team TCG player wearing a Star City shirt while he's taking the picture, right? So anyway... Yeah, I mean, I'm sure they put some effort into this, but I still can't. I can't look at those two Elvish Mystics and be like, ah, I don't like the stupid Johnny anyway. Ah, I'm like foaming, foaming at the mouth. So, Frank Lepore put out this uh, either Facebook post or tweet this week. He's just like, oh man, Obzon's feeling like jund already. It's only been two weeks. You know, I I think that when the format settles down a little bit, people are going to remember that the, the mono green or whatever green X devotion decks have an overwhelming matchup against these green mid-range decks. Like, I played against some Obzon players in that <laughs> in that Grand Prix trial. They don't have a chance. Yeah, Siege Rhino's not enough. I mean, Siege Rhino is a healthy 4-5, drain you for 3. That's not really, like, nobody's impressed by that when you go, I'll go, like, a 10-10 a Genesis Hydra and a Hornet Queen. Your move, Obzon. Yeah. Do you, do you do you like uh, do you like what Pantheon did with their green devotion deck with the see the unwritten? Well, so see the unwritten is obviously and very like that card's obvious. Like I don't even know if people saw that deck. It was so like it didn't. Yeah, do it very, didn't do very well. It didn't even, do very well. But I mean, watch John play. He just didn't play any lands in either game. Oh no, no, he camera, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. His but, game on camera was his match on camera was terrible. You know, I I worked so hard on mine. I don't know what I would cut for those cards. I mean, it's obvious that that card is a level of technology that's a substantial improvement on the deck, at least in certain situations. Like, if you go, like, turn three Pelucranos, all of a sudden see the Unwritten is a really, really powerful magic card. Yeah. But if you don't have, like, a, a, a ferocious guy, I mean, it's... I don't know. I mean, and I'm sure there's a lot of spots where you just... You're, you don't get that exciting of a payoff on it. Sure. But... I guess I, I was like imagining like what are the sweet situations you could have if you like line up your ferocious with Doomwake Giant and then like see the unwritten into multiple Doomwake Giants. Uh, I can't imagine <laughs> losing. Like, what, what, what if you what if you figured out a way to make it uh, salt eye colored, and then you see the unwritten and then you follow up with Treasure Cruise or Dig Through Time. <laughs> you just love the, the cards. I do. I love uh, I don't know if you saw this. I, I took the, the deck you like, um, Christian, no. is it Christian Seibold? Christian Seibold, yeah. Christian Seibold's uh, Soul Tide deck. Yeah, the and I just, like, put four Siege Rhinos into it. <laughs> and I just, like, 
<laughs> well, this sex's interesting, but what if you just jammed four sea drinos? Look, what did you, what did you, what did you take out? It's like, it's like you know, uh, I, I, I didn't have any Hornet Queens in my deck. Oh, okay. I mean, like, I mean, Hornet Queen's pretty sweet in that deck. Because here's the thing about Hornet Queen. You know how he said, like, be the queen or beat the queen? Yeah. If your opponents are, like, Doom Lake Giant decks, Hornet Queen's horrible. Right, right. Right? And if you're... The thing that people really underrate, I think, especially going into the Pro Tour, is if your opponents are Anger of the Gods decks, Hornet Queen's really atrocious. It's 100 mana. You're investing so much psychic energy and, like, oh, man, I was going to set this up, and then I'm going to have the Hornet Queen! And then they're, like, tap three, attack you with my Brim... Like, seriously, tap three, attack you with my Brim... It's like the worst thing that can happen to you. Which is why I've switched to the red white. <laughs> There's an overwhelming matchup against any kind of um so, uh, uh Sylvan Carrier. So decks. when you say when you, when you say the red white deck, you basically mean the deck similar to what Brad Nelson was playing. So and that um I forgot that uh, Dennis Rashid top sixteen twin. So I th- I think I'm gonna devolve my deck similar but to, is that, to is Brad's that, is deck. That no, accurate? it's completely different. So okay. it's actually much more like a deck that I, I would say it's a more evolved version of a deck that top aided the first Star City Open. But I was impressed by Brad's deck. Uh, you know, just getting these initiative initiative plays on things. But if you look at it and you say, like, a Cordling Outburst, we, we rated that as a playable card. Yeah, yeah. Know, that wasn't super popular. He still played it this week, even no, though he I, played a different deck. Sure, sure. <laughs> Tom Ross played Cordling Outburst in his mono red deck, you know? I mean, not surprising. It's like it's not a bad card, but like if you're in these red white colors and you're just talking about a three mana token producer, I mean an unchecked brimass for one turn is next to unbeatable. It's it's not unbeatable. Sure. It's pretty close though. And the, it's so impressive is over and over, I would see these players like just playing a brimass through Andrew slash Owen slash whoever's disdainful stroke, and like that card gets under there, and like even if you can get it, get it through that card with like a Hordling Outburst or even a Goblin Rabble Master, so easily answered by Bile Blight, and like Bile Blight is the new Doom Blade because <laughs> we don't have a real Doom Blade, right. so you're like, well, I'm in a Hordling Outburst and I have three threats. Oh wait, Bile Blight, you know. Because Bob Blitz also matches up so well against uh, Mantis Rider, etc. But if you just stick a Brimaz, it's actually pretty hard to stop. Sure. And if you get, like, two swings with it, like, your opponent's probably toast, right? The, the other thing about Brimaz is he just, like, beats the bejesus out of Sylvan Carry added. Um, and, I mean, the dude the dude doesn't mess around. Yeah. So I just, I'm playing this deck that, unfortunately, it doesn't have any offense on one and two. Are, are which, you, you're not playing Seeker of the Way? No, so I don't have Seeker of the Way or uh, Taylor Swift's Spear. Um, where are you? What's this face? Just tell me the face. So Brian's making a face when I said Taylor Swift's Spear. I just, it's just a Taylor Swift face. All right. But Taylor Swift's face is beautiful. <laughs> it would be it would be just scoring many number one hits. That is not a Taylor Swift's face. Anyway, uh, yeah, I don't have those offensive cards. So I was thinking about this. Maybe I'll devolve my deck to be more like Brad's with just like Brimaz instead of, instead of a Whirling Outburst. But... Uh, I, I'm basically Brad's deck after sideboarding. I have just like the Chandras, four Sarkins, four Elsbeth. So I'm like, you know, very so you're, super you're, powerful threats. So you're red, white, like mid range. Um, I'm not sure if it's like. I, I actually want to talk to Patrick about this. I'm not sure if this is like pure mid range or non blue control or what. It's like, it's kind of like super good threats, I would think. It was like Brimaz is like. Can you think of a better threat at three than Burmaz? It's like the elite threat. You know, Chandra is really good. It's a cross-format all-star. You know, uh, 
Dragon Speaker is unbelievable threat at five. Elspeth is like this universal four of in so many decks. So it's so powerful they're willing to spend six mana on it. So um, yeah, that's that's what I'm playing right now. I think devolving it into being a Taylor Swift Spheres Flash uh, Seeker of the Way deck might be might be right though. Um, and then still having access to a lot of those cards. Instead, I have four Goblin Rabble Masters and uh, four Sword Breath Dragons on my sideboard. So the question. What's that better? was the opposite of yeah. the car with the boom boom bass. That was the bicycle with the tinny AM radio. <laughs> like I, you have a lot of games, you're just like four dragons and four dragon speakers after sideboarding. Because like against Andrew's deck, like they can't really deal with a relentless amount of haste offense. Sure. Um, but I think the deck's overwhelmingly advantaged against Green Devotion. Overwhelmingly advantaged against Jeskai Aggro, which is one of the reasons I really like it. Like. They're, they're Mantis Rider, and you're, like, Lightning Strike. You know, Searing... I can't remember. Searing Blaze, whatever the hell it is. Lightning, Lightning Strike. Strike. So you, you just match up really well. They're, like, Seeker of the Way. You're, like, Magma Jet. <laughs> and then you're, like, Bramaz, and they're, like, Stoker No. Right? Yeah. Stoker No. If they don't have it, you're going to be in. And then you just have more powerful Planeswalkers than them. Have this matchup over and over and over again on Moto because people like their Jeskai aggro. Yeah. Overwhelmingly advantaged. Yeah. Overwhelmingly advantaged against any kind of um, Elvish Mystic slash... Uh, Slash uh, Sylvan Carry added decks. Not super great against Abzan Aggro, which is, you know, they won the Pro Tour. That's a deck you might want to deal with. Well, Abzan Aggro didn't win the Pro Tour, right? Finished top four. Sigrist was Ag- Abzan Aggro. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. I was thinking of the deck with Raid <laughs> as being an Aggro deck. So you oh, you call that deck like Abzan Midrange or something? Which one? With the... Ari's deck. Ari, Ari's, Ari's deck is... They called it Abzan Midrange. I think it's really Abzan Super Friends. I mean, it's like... All right. I mean, he's got like a, a number of Planeswalkers or Abzan Planeswalkers, so, whatever you, you know, call it. I'm Boris... Like, I mean, he's playing like a Johnny, Elspeth, Sauron. Right, he's got three different... So, I'm Boros Super Friends against Abzan Super Friends then. So, uh, you know, my Anger of the Gods would match up really well against his two Elvish Mystics slash <laughs> multiple... Uh, so the thing about the green ramp decks, all I did was play green ramp for the first several weeks of this format, is if your opponent's just playing a green ramp deck too, or playing a mid-range green deck like Obzon or Soltai or whatever, you can just play out all your mana accelerators and then just you have a big turn three, a big turn four, a big turn five, just having these big, big turns. The, the, green, the green board's bogged down. Oh yeah, like, they're like big, 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 they just get bigger and bigger. You, you drew a Seder, like, oh, it's a really big turn, it's going to happen. But the problem is, because the acceleration is all creatures, like... You look at your hand, I mean, I had a hand in the last round of the open where I crushed my opponent starting on turn three, like, literally turn three L's, but then it got worse for him, turn after turn after turn, but it was like a one land hand, and I just happened to luck into a second untapped land on turn two. I mean, I, I, it was keepable anyway, because I had an elf, so I could just start playing the two mana accelerators anyway, but that's the kind of hand where if your opponent's just got, like, Anger of the Gods... You have no option but to play into the Anger of the Gods. Right. So you play these decks that are like Anger of the Gods and End Hostilities, which the, the Boros deck has. Right. You know, like, basically, they're like Accelerators and Bomb Creatures. Like, what do they have other than Accelerators and Bomb Creatures? I guess Ari's deck does have the Planeswalkers, but the Boros Planeswalkers are good at executing the hell out of other people's Planeswalkers. <laughs> the green-white Planeswalkers don't fight. Right? They're like, hmm, I will distribute some 1-1 counters. Would you like some lifelink this turn? Like... <laughs> That's what they do. Like, you know, the red ones are like, kill you, dragon you. What did you uh, What did you think of Wingmate Rock at the, at the tournament? It's like really good. I mean, I, I, I wish it plays so well with and against Elspeth, doesn't it? It plays so yeah. I mean, you know, what it plays well with Nick's Fleece Ram. 
<laughs> you just get in with the Nick's Lee Ram? I mean, like, I'm, I've done, done this a lot, okay? Yeah. Attack with Nick's Lee Ram, and they're like, okay. And they're like, wingmate rock. And they're like, oh, no, it's so much toughness. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've done that a lot. Uh, you know, the, oh, these cards are cute. Like, that card's really powerful. I, I tried to make a life gain deck. You know, next week, wingmate rock attacking. <laughs> An extra one from Nixley's Ram. So, so I want to ask you about a bunch of different decks from the Pro Tour. We're just staying, staying on Brad Nelson's deck for a minute. Yeah. What, what did you think of this sort of suffix that he put on the deck, Mac? Mac? I loved it. Of course I loved it. What do you think? <laughs> I looked at his deck, I'm like, man, this is the kind of deck I used to make. This is just atrocious for the opponent, no it's, matter which direction he goes. His, his deck was Gaziclair, in a lot of ways. I mean... Who did he catch with the one singleton Titan strength? He's just like in, like, block, like, Titan's strength! And they're like, what? And then, like, I, I remember the commentator was like, he's got one! <laughs> it's like, oh man, this is the kind of stuff I used to do. Brad, Brad, Brad loves that one Titan strength. <laughs> it's just like, it's like his, like, little flourish. So, you know, it's like Carol Burnett tugged on her I, ear. So, I played against Brad at, uh, at, uh, um, the Invitational and like game, I mean, Monoscreen game one, right? I'm right. probably gonna lose anyway, but he like, he like, I have like red, red open and he activates a Muta Vault, basically dares me, right? So he attacks. <laughs> I'm just like, you know, searing blood, your Muta Vault, and he's like, what's the, the plus three play? He's like, Rubble Belt Machabi, and I'm like, oh my god, he's like, you're so bad. How do you not shock it before before I attack? So the entire rest of the game, every time he was like gonna attack or activate something, I would kill it before. He would answer attack. He's like, in the sideboard in games, you took too, too much extra damage because you wouldn't let me attack first. It's like, then I got in with the other guy. Like, I just wouldn't have attacked with him. You didn't tap your mana. And I'm like, but you got me so bad with the rubble belt, Mark. I had to do it. He's like, no, it was wrong the first time. It was wrong in the subsequent games in a different way. Still won. Got him. Yeah, I, I don't know. I love these decks. Yeah. And, but, but what do you think about that? Like, as a way of, like, describing, like, a, a deck that has those, you know, is able to sort of switch modes like that, or is that... I mean, I don't think that kind of deck can really survive. And, I mean, not in the mode that he played, but it can really survive in, in a mature format. And the, the reason is, you see these kind of decks at the Pro Tour all the time. What ends up happening in these protracted formats where you have, like, Star City Opens every week or whatever, is people just increase their specialization. They're like... Look at how specialized I can make my deck. Look at how aggro I can make my deck like Mike Sigrist. Look at how, you know, bogging down the ground I can make my deck. You know, look at how, right. how many control mirrors I can win. You know, if I want to specialize in just playing two copies of the Pearl Lake Agent, you know, <laughs> and then all counter spells and card draw, like, I can really specialize in winning control mirrors. People just hyper-specialize. He's like, the problem is that these generalist decks you think about it, Brad's deck after sideboarding can go like three different directions, yeah. but his mid-range Planeswalker deck is just not the best mid-range Planeswalker no, deck. No, I, I so, agree. So, and he's just like, alright, I'm going to be my aggro version and against... His, and his control deck isn't the best control no, deck. No, so be. he's just like, alright, I'm going to be my aggro version against against so-and-so, right? But the problem is, everybody's deck is actually optimized to beat like Tom Ross's aggro deck, which is so much more aggro. So like, Tom, like, you know, Tom Ross's aggro deck is like a you know, like 7 or 8 out of 10 in terms of how aggressive it would be. As aggressive as Brad can get is like <laughs> a five, you know? Yeah, he's like way more aggressive than Andrew's deck. Right. But like, if people are ready for Tom's deck, like, all right. I'm like, all right, well, all right, I, can, I couldn't get him with the aggro version. 
I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go mid range against him. I'm like, well, you know, people are like optimized to beat Raph Levy's deck, right? <laughs> like, you know, really super sit there, removal, crackling doom. You know, I think, I think control the idea deck. is that then your opponent's also like guessing gaming. Guessing gaming. The problem yeah. is if your opponent's deck is just specialized in a certain direction, then their like specialized version of whatever their thing is probably better than any of your half plans, right? Sure. So like if you're playing against Mike Sigris, which is basically it's like Rakshasha deck, Death Dealer, Death Touch. By the way, Rakshasha yeah. Death Dealer, that's a card I want to talk about too. Like aggro deck, right? With some Sorens, you know? Like whatever deck you're gonna bring, if you're gonna bring your Five out of ten aggro deck, your four out of ten planeswalker deck, whatever. His deck's just gonna be like, I'm bringing it. You know, there's not that much variation in what he's gonna do to you. Right. Okay. Did he use his sideboard? <laughs> I don't know. All right. So you want to? I'm just telling you, I love Brad's deck. I thought it was awesome deck. I'm just saying that, like, in a mature standard format, those decks right. don't typically survive. Think even that you were saying it's like Gazi Glare. Who, who do you know who won a pizza with Gazi Glare after? No. He actually, you know, one person at least. Sealess. <laughs> oh yeah. And then I won the next week <laughs> with my own deck. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, not, not not very many people won with Gazi Glare, right? Right. right. People played these like you could play you could play budget Boros, right? It was like such a more aggressive deck, or you could play Gifts Ungiven Lock, you know? You, or actually, you could play Vor. The thing about how Lockdown um, Gazi Glare could be like you could tap their permanents, or you could just blow them all up, <laughs> you know? You know, you, with boar, right? You know, How is that even a deck? Boar? Yeah. It's got, like, no defense, like, if your opponent played. If your opponent played, like, a Scab Clan Mauler, you're like, mm, that's not going anywhere. I hope I destroy all your lands because I can't beat a 3-3. I hope I can destroy your lands and then I didn't know where, right? I'll have to I didn't know where you're rumbling, slum. But that deck would win. The number of times I beat Satan with a one land draw with Gazi Glare <laughs> against Mori just like, can't even beat a one man. Like, nope. I played three guys. He's <laughs> like, but I made you, made you pick up your land a whole bunch of times. Only had one. <laughs> like, but then I'm like, like, elf, elf. He's like, oh, you no pyro class. And you're like, ooh, wood elf. No, not wood elf. <laughs> wood elf, it was over. <laughs> Over. That's Satan I, could not beat Elf Wood Elf. That's how I feel about Commander. <laughs> By playing Wood Elf, it's over. Problems is like, once you've Wood Elf, I mean, that's just like time walks the board deck like three times. Like, you're like, saying you get an extra land and it goes directly into play? Yeah. Could you imagine oh, Could you imagine a Wood Minotaur? Dear God. I can imagine it. Man. Speaking of like a Wood Minotaur, <laughs> how come nobody plays the Morph deck? I think the Morph deck would be exciting in Standard. Well, what do you, what do you want to do with the Morph deck? I, want to see, I, I didn't see any. I want a secret plans. I want a trail of mystery. And what do you what do you want morphing? I'm, I'm just gonna cast Borderland Ranger for a turn. My like trail of mystery, like it's always Borderland Ranger. I feel like this was predicted at an earlier right. podcast. So, Chris Lansdell of, well, you know, our, our neighbor on Man of Pride. He's just like, I'm gonna make a five color deck for game day. So I'm like, you're welcome. And I made like a blue green morph deck with one pony pack rider <laughs> because it's black, white, red, which is the other three colors. <laughs> so it's a five color deck. But there are no basic mountain swamp planes <laughs> to get with your mono uh, borderlanders. No. How many? How many trails of mystery is it? Four? four. Four. Four secret four. plans. Then like thirty I morphs. <laughs> I love this deck. Yeah, some of the morphs are good. So what? What do you want morphing? Like. 
I mean, I, Sagumaler is just a good car. Sagumaler is really good. I gotta tell you, I watch multiple people get a Sagumaler into play, like Cybold. Yeah. In his Sadisi uh, web deck, I saw him like just like morph a Sagumaler. He knew he's just looking at his opponent right in the eye yeah. as he played, and he's like, "Yeah, I know you have disdainful stroke. Morph." Unmorph it. Yeah, I paid nine mana for this. Morph <laughs> Rattleclaw Mystic is a really good card. Yes. Um, so, what I have? Rattleclaw Mystic, Sagumaler. What's the name of the Mana War that you like, the blue green guy? Ice Feather Raven? Yeah, that guy just comes down on two. He's fine. <laughs> you know, like, him or Secret Plans are like, well, oh, sorry, Secret sorry. Plans, I gotta be attacking. Yeah. So, Ice Feather Raven, that guy's a beater. And then, you know who's good in this deck? I don't think he's good in like other decks, really, but Hooded Hydra? Oh, Hooded Hydra's really good. In this deck, he's a yeah. machine. Yeah. Yeah, so... Because your opponent never knows which freaking morph to kill. <laughs> I mean, the number of times... I was, I, was, I was actually playing a version of this deck, and, like, my opponent would just, like, oh, magma... Ship, ship, ship me this last Yeah, like, magma jet one of my guys, and I'd be like, I spent... I literally had this turn where I was just like, oh, there's no other way to run this. <laughs> Two mana. Flip... <laughs> Uh, flip Rattleclaw Mystic, Trigger Mana, Flip Ice Feather Raven, Ice Feather Raven, Bounce Your Friend, You Miss! Magma Jet! <laughs> like, look at the board, I'm like, cannot believe this is the sequence. <laughs> Can you imagine if you'd had secret plans in play? You'd have drawn so many cards! I know, but I, I mean, but just having Trail is fine. You yeah. just Borderland Ranger turn after turn after turn. I didn't even know there was the... The, the plus two the, plus two! No, the Ugin Land. I didn't even know that land existed until I did a gatherer search oh, today. Oh, what is that? Genju? Yeah, a, it's like two, life for, two tap. Gain life for each colorless oh, creature. Yeah. I don't know if that's good, gaining life. <laughs> well, I, whatever. I mean, it, it, it's it's relevant sometimes. I mean, you certainly see, like, in the blue-black deck that Cuneo played, he had one Radiant Fountain, right? Oh, I mean, that deck's so annoying. They're just, like, using the Pearl Lake Ancient to, like, pick up their, <laughs> their life lands. Oh, my God. Can't win. Can't win. And, and yet, neither can that deck. No. There's a, there's never been a cross-section of such good players and such <laughs> poor finishes on camera. <laughs> yeah, Pantheon had a rough Pro Tour. I mean, a, For it's, once, they didn't have two guys in the top I eight. mean, it's hard to say rough and Pro Tour when, like, Owen, was Owen, Owen finishes, like, genuinely in the top virtual eight. Virtual top eight. And you just got paired down. And Cuneo, I mean, virtual top eight, right? He ends up with a virtual top eight finish. And Cuneo draws no, in the... He's, like, legit should be in the top eight. Yeah. He just got paired down. Yeah. And Cuneo draws in the last round to guarantee top 16. If he plays, is he in? I don't think so, no. Oh, so then he made the right play. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm saying, but, like, you know, it's not like they had, you know, terrible finishes. It's just like the last round of the Legacy Open, you know, I'm paired against John Sukenik, and I'm like, well, if I play and beat you, I'm still not going to make top eight. It's a very favorable matchup for me. You know, the bonus I get is my deck gets to be on the website. <laughs> so it's like, <laughs> drawn to top 32, same money. You know? Right. So, same money. Um, but anyway, so you have a great, you looked like you had a great time in Hawaii. Oh, it was awesome. I, I, I Good food. Great food. Got to be with your wife. The, I got to tell you, the best food, honestly, just dollar for dollar, has to be this place, Murakami Udon. Well, I've never eaten there. Where is it? It's, so, you know, you know where you get macadamia nut pancakes with your kids? Remember that place for you and your wife? We're getting pancakes. I don't remember. Sure, whatever. Okay, well, around the corner from that. All right, so this is the things I know. I've been going to... So, Heezy's Honolulu. Yeah. That one, when I was uh, still on the coverage team. That was team, 2006. Yeah. That, like, saved my marriage, that one. <laughs> and then, uh, so we went... Like, we were like... 
mad at each other all the time. And we're like, but we're gonna go to Hawaii on Watsy's dime. <laughs> Don't divorce me yet. <laughs> then we're like, oh man, now we're besties again for the past 10 years. So we just always go to Hawaii now after that. So we've gone oh, okay. like several times since. Yeah, but um, you, you don't normally go to Oahu, do you? Do you go to Waikiki? We go to Waikiki, wherever he's whatever thing. Oh, is. really? You don't go to, like, Maui or... No, we're simple folk. Yeah. Just go to the beach. You, but... like, you, like, you, like, you like a beach in an urban setting? In a mildly urban setting? Look, man. I do, too. It's I so mean, beautiful. It really You is. look out the window. Anyway, but the when, when we were there, we were there eight months ago or so. I don't remember. The last February or something. And, uh... They were closing down like the that shopping area that's like oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. that like the flea market yeah yeah but like that was like this cool place where you go get sushi you know but right. that's like real local yeah, was all, it not there anymore it, no it's all being it's just an it's just an Apple store it, now it's well there is an Apple store right across the street from there <laughs> but uh, they they raised it and they're putting something up there I don't know like a shopping another yeah man it makes me sad because we would always like go there and get like right. poke or whatever yeah, plenty of places to get poke I mean I just want to go back to Hawaii now. Just having this conversation. You just want to go and have the udon. I'm telling you. On a dollar for dollar basis. A dollar for dollar basis is the best food I had. Let me tell you something. When I go to Hawaii, I just close my eyes. Because the bill at the end of the thing is going to... I don't want to know. Carl and I went twice. I wish we'd gone more. And like each time we went, we were full and happy. And we spent under $20. Under $20. Under $20. A totes. Wow. Big bowl of udon. Four pieces of tempura drinks. Drinks? Not not alcoholic, like you know, like I'm talking. But like, really fancy man talking, drinks too. I'm talking like you know, uh, you know paper cup beverage. But, yeah. You know, uh, but yeah, place right. They make the udon right in front of you. you know, they make all, it. Like, yeah, they just make it. It's all handmade. They like kill kill the rice cow or whatever. <laughs> Grind him up. Yeah. Like right yeah. there. Oh my god, it was so good. Dip him in water. Yeah. And we also went to Alwang's and that sort of. Yeah, I've never been there. I mean, that's the one that you always you say to go to. You guys got so, my, so here's the thing. Like, my family doesn't all like to eat the same kind of food, right? Okay. So, Catherine and Bella just want to eat raw fish. Sure. And like, have you been to Sasabuni when you've been there? Look, man, I don't. I didn't. Did I say Michael wants to eat raw fish? I don't know where the <laughs> hell they eat. They go off and have their like girl dinner. They're like, we're gonna get sushi in a boat, right? And then like, Sasabuni. So like, and me and Clark are like, I don't know what we do. Clark's just like. Precocious. Burns meat. He'll be like, I just want to drink a pineapple. <laughs> you know? They'll let you drink a pineapple there. Yeah. And like, you know, I don't know. Yeah. Just I'm just happy to be there. Yeah, yeah, same. Uh you know where we eat a lot is uh that uh that Duke's. Duke, sure. Either like I think when we were there uh last Side Street Inn? Duke's. Have you been to Side Street Inn? Look man, I don't venture far. Have we you go been to, to Duke's. Home? No, I've been I've been home. I have a house. There's a, place, there. a place called Home that was right near the convention center. Yeah, and it's basically like this really divey sports bar. Oh yeah. But they have like the most insane poke. Well, thanks for telling me now. And, so it was like eight months when I was and there. And if you go there on Sunday at seven in the morning, the football games are on. <laughs> <laughs> are we gonna go down to sports now? Is it time to talk sports? No, not time to talk. Let's, sports, let's talk right? about Magic the Gathering. Let's again, talk about some this. more Magic the Gathering. Um. So do you like this standard format? I do. I think it's fun. I, what do you think of Just Guy Ascendancy deck? Just Guy Ascendancy? I am, terri- I am terrified of it. Like, like obviously there was some stuff going on with Li Shi Tian. He was, he, his his version of the deck, I don't know quite how he top-aided with it. What, because it's too weird? It's it's a little too weird and it seems overly, it seems like 
And he kills with Nyssa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He kills with Nyssa. He can also bounce everything with retraction. You know, like he can't bounce lands. Yeah, well, but but the 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 thing is, his his deck just feels like really clumsy. I mean, he's a good player, though. Yeah, he's a great. No, he's 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 obviously over the last two years been one of the best players in the game. I but, mean, when you say one of the best players in the game, you mean not counting the Peach Gardener. Well, I mean, I'm saying he's made I'm just three. Joking. He's yes. made, yeah, he's made he's three very Pro good. Tour top eights in two I'm seasons. I'm just kidding. Yeah. He's very good. Um, he, but he was, you know, he's been involved in the protests in Hong Kong. Oh yeah. He's put, you know, like his deck called Umbrella Revolution, yep. blah blah. So he's been like, he basically hasn't had time to play test. He's like, literally, it was all like theoretical. Oh, play he Gadiel Slifered it. Yeah. But remember Gadiel so only does, played. So does Sean McLaren. No, Sean McLaren plays with his brother. I heard. Yeah. Man. I'm just talking about for the top eight. Yeah. I talked to Sean McLaren. I'm like, so what did you, how did you prepare for your match? He goes, I went to bed pretty early. You know, I'm like, well, did you play, te- who played test the match? And he goes, I, I just think about them in my head. I thought a lot about my quarterfinal, my semifinal matchups. Look, that's your play? He's like, yeah, it's like, it's like envisioning your shot. <laughs> and then he made a swoosh motion. Like he was some sort of Kevin Canadian? Love guy. Yeah. I mean, the best team that got to the Raptors. I mean, I <laughs> he's not swooshing anything. But, uh, yeah. But anyway, yeah. So, like, I think his version is 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 pretty awkward. You know, going back to Lee Shee So you think it's bad, right? I, I don't just think it's bad. I just Compared, I think, to, other, I think compared compa- to other options. I think compared to the Channel Fireball version that Guillaume Matignon designed, yeah. I think that that deck is really clean. Like, I just saw it win on turn four multiple times, and it seemed, you know, pretty resilient. And I, I think that there's just... I think there's uh, you can push it a lot harder uh, in terms of like all the card search pieces. I mean, it seems clear to me that the card Jeskai Ascendancy must be banned in modern. They gotta hurry up and do this before they ruin, completely ruin the format. It wins on turn two. Yeah. I mean, there's... Just, like, shrug, yeah? No, shrug, Or they should just unban all the fun cards, right? <laughs> They're like, okay, tell you what, you can have your turn two kill deck, but in return we get back Honda Preordained, like Jace, Stoneforge I, Mystics, Blood Raid I Elf. Could, I could see why you were appointed Ebola Czar. You're like, to fight Ebola... Ebola, sorry. Yeah. We're going to weaponize smallpox. <laughs> like, that's your solution. You want, to talk to, you want to talk about Ebola? I think all these Ebola truthers are morons. How about that? Do you know, you're... You are so much more likely to die of an asteroid strike. Oh, great. Are you just trying to have all my childhood fears? No, I mean, so seriously, right? Do you know that 100% like of the every... people, 100% of the people in, in this continent who've been, who've been, uh, who contracted Ebola were healthcare workers? Sure. And you actually have to be exposed to vomit or poops to get it? Uh, well, that's not exactly true because it's like, in, in the case they're talking about, like it was like a drip of fluid on a wrist or whatever, and what, like, whatever. It's not that important. I don't want to talk about. Right, it. Like, like in America, I mean, first of all, I'm not saying there's zero danger, but there are a lot of things that are very dangerous that are, that we live with on a day to day basis. I live in New York City, yeah, yeah. and I ride the subway every day. I'm, I am more concerned about pit bulls, to be honest, than I am about Ebola. There are a lot of things that are more dangerous than Ebola. Yeah, and I mean, you just don't want to be in a situation where you're taking these like crazy asymmetric costs against something that have relatively remote benefit. Like, I, I, I read this article last year, and I thought about it for a second, and I'm like, this article is right, and it's depressing. The terrorists won the war on 9-11. The amount we spent to fight this one, I mean, a admittedly horrible event, 
The leverage that they got on us in terms of wasted resources and human lives is unbelievable. They won. You don't want to make a bowl of that. Not great. Look at how depressing you are. With your, they didn't make me the bowl. They should have made me the bowl, Lazar. <laughs> wouldn't be wasting any crap on this. You and your weaponized smallpox. Look what happened? I don't know what happened. My strap just undid itself while I was ranting about things that are more dangerous what? than a bowl. Like, that would have been more dangerous. What? That would have been more dangerous if it like came loose like across the street. Oh yeah, I could have been and like you flail after it, and you end up like getting hit by a taxi cab full of people who are just off the airport from Liberia. So this was open? With, Maybe with I didn't coughing. Coughing. <laughs> um, In other news, yeah. coughing libra librarians. <laughs> coughing librarians got Brian. Clockwork librarians. <laughs> We're laughing at this. There's actual human suffering going on. It's hilarious, yeah. 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 So, um, hey, hey, if you've ever paid any attention to the teachings of Mel Brooks, you know that is the source of all humor. The suffering of others. Right? Uh, you know you know Mel Brooks' definition of comedy? Is it a proud man falling down? You no, know, he's like he's like comedy and tragedy. Yeah. He's like tragedy is I get a paper cut on my finger and it really hurts. Comedy is you walk into a hole and die. <laughs> I think it would be more funny if he's just like comedy is you get a paper cut. <laughs> anyway, let's talk about Magic the Gather. Okay. So anyway, ascendancy. I think I, I think that that card. I think that deck's still looming. In I think standard. it's terrifying. I think it's like I, I don't think amateur players really want to play that deck though. First of all, it's miserable. No, no. I mean, and it's not it's not fun, right? Like I watched I watched Dave Williams winning on turn four with the deck. Yeah. And he's just like, okay, so now I just keep doing this. I keep bouncing my briber's purse and uh, you know looting through my deck until I find my altar of the brood. Then I find my altar of the brood. I play it and then. I continue to just, you know, play my bribers play, play purse, my purse yeah. and I don't loot anymore and I mill you out. But why do they play bribers purse instead of Tormod's Crypt? Isn't that just way better? I, I don't know. But there's actual Soul Tide decks to play against. The Tormod's Crypt has text. Was bribers purse the one they played? I don't even remember. Well, they also play like Cornucopia. Or oh no, they they were playing Astral Astral, Astral Cornucopia. That's but, the card that they were playing. But isn't I think I think Briber's Purse was in. Isn't Tormod's Crypt just better? Tormod's Crypt's pretty good. It does something. Saves your sideboard spot, so, I guess. Uh, or you, decks. I mean, I don't know. Maybe this is crazy. But let's say you're like some variation of Lisi Chen's deck, which has Nissa already. What about a deck that's like? That's probably terrible. You have Nissa, and then you you need a zero artifact. Maybe you play Ornithopter, and then you could just play with Darksteel Citadel and. And uh, in Soul Artifact, that's actually just another strategy. And your deck is like half this strategy, half Ascendancy. I think Would it be that much worse? I think so. I think if you want, if you're going to be, because the things that you're going to have to But cut. the other thing is a winner, right? So you just go, you can just go like first turn Ornithopter, second turn in Soul Artifact. You might just kill somebody. Sure. That's a powerful second turn. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's really powerful when combined with, with Darkseal Set It Out. Sure. I, I agree. I mean, just. Worth pointing out that the deck was not very successful for Todd Anderson. He got an early feature match and didn't win a lot with that deck. Oh wait, Todd played. He played Insult Artifact. Oh well, <laughs> I was saying he played a dedicated Insult Artifact. He was running with Scissors and then foul and cut himself. Cut himself, yeah. I mean, I'm not saying I would play that on the Pro Tour. I'm just saying <laughs> this is an idea. Um, I mean, if I, I, I if I, I were going I, to that Pro Tour, I obviously would have played Black Green. I think. Devotion. I think if you. I think if you. Um, you don't loot the Ascendancy combo, it's going to come at the cost of cards like Commune with the Gods. That, I could live with that. Well, but that, that's a card that's getting you the land you need or the Jeskai's Ascendancy you need. 
So you say. Yeah. Okay. What I could be just playing in Solar Effect and bashing for five. <laughs> well, you got me there. I take five. Kill you. All right, so other decks you want to talk about. So you, we talked about Brad's deck. We talked about Li Shi Chan's Ascendancy deck, which you think is much clumsier than Guillaume Matignon's deck. I think, I think, it's, I think, I think deck. it's a little clumsier, yeah. So we didn't do... I wanted to do this uh, podcast the day before the uh, Grand Prix show. I was like, the pregame show. I'm like, which players you want to watch? And I didn't know if you knew that Guillaume Matignon was qualified. And I'm just like, oh, he was going to be my last player on my list. And, oh, like, nice. and Guillaume I don't know if you remember this, but I think it was the last Pro Tour draft I ever did. I took Guillaume Matignon as my last pick, and then he won. I mean, what, I, I just always won Pro Tour drafts, no matter what yeah. position I was in. Yeah, Guillaume, uh, so I, I didn't, what I didn't realize is how much Guillaume Matignon has in terms of his deck building. So he built the LSV's Elf deck that he won Berlin with. Did he? Yeah. I thought Patrick built it. Well, LSV and Matignon say otherwise. Well. So. Fight, 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 fight. I don't know. What am I supposed to say? I wasn't there. Uh, I was getting phone calls the whole time. <laughs> You'll never believe what the Ruel brothers are doing in the other room. They were playing Magic the Gathering. Yeah, I, so, I believe it. So you might believe Actually, it. that's actually hard to believe lately. <laughs> that's pretty hard to believe. <laughs> Both Hall of Famers. Yeah, it's just, eh. um, Yeah, the, the, the other deck I want to talk to, I was really curious to get your take on, it was Greg Orange's ninth place deck list. The blue, the Esper Control deck. Yeah, that looked like a deck. I mean, he looked good. I, I'm, although... He kept getting cut away from on camera, and then he would, like, lose what looked like an overwhelmingly positive position, so I don't know. I mean, that deck looks weird, but he had main deck Nick's lease rams. I mean, you got to have something, right? <laughs> like, I, I played against a Mardu control deck that had main deck Nick's lease rams I thought was weird, and he just, like, sacrificed it to Butcher the Horde to gain haste, like, in the middle of the game. Yeah, these are, I think, to get people to play into rats, into his end hostilities. Yeah, but like you, when you're using cards to get people to play into rats, it's like pretty crappy. When you use icy manipulators to get them to do that, it's awesome. You're like, I'm gonna play this ice manipulator. You have to play a second threat, well, I guess, wrath I guess, you, yeah, and I solve the icy manipulator. The, the, the idea being like, I play one card, it sits there. You play one card, you don't overcommit into it. I just gain five life for five turns. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I mean, I guess it really depends on. Well, your disposition is with card drawing. Right. So, I mean, I think if I were going to play a dedicated control deck in standard, I think I would play a No Planes Walkers Jeskai control deck with, like, just... Anger and... Play well, anger and, and hostilities. Like, like, two anger, two and hostilities main deck. Yeah. Then, like, four dissolve, but then, like, four lightning strike and four... Four vanishing light and four uh, magma jet. And then just, play, like... Four Steam Augury, four, uh, four Dig Through Time, and when then... Steam Augury become a card? Because it's good with Dig Through Time. That's yeah. the only reason. <laughs> it's like a two-for-one that sets you up with Dig Through Time, which is insane. And then, like, one uh, Jace's Ingenuity, but four Narsets. The thing is, like, you can get people to commit, smash, and then hit a Narset. First of all, if Narset hits, what deck beats Narset if it hits? I mean, it's pretty hard for... I mean, you got a six-mana creature. It has Hexproof and First Strike. It doesn't have to hit them, right? It just has to attack. Sure. 
That's so, like, you're just going to attack with Narset, even if they can deal with it from blocking or something, you're just going to fight. You attack, and then before you declare blockers, you could just, like, have these free magma jets and searing blazes or whatever the hell is it. Lightning strikes that are right. taking out their potential blockers. It's it's pretty good. I did not did not see a lot of Narset at the Pro Tournament. Was, was it played? I haven't, watched, I haven't looked at the GP coverage um, from this weekend. Do you know if people were playing Narset? No, it was just... I don't think I don't know if that deck can beat Tom Ross's deck. There was like a lot of those in the top eight. So yeah, Boss won Louisiana States with Boss Red, and that was the deck of the Grand Prix. Yeah. What, what about? I believe Kib- lost in the finals. What about Kibler's uh, teamer list? He didn't make top eight. Yeah. He started off strong and then misses his win and his win in it. Right. Yeah. So like somebody asked him what his best draw was, and he was just like, Elvish Mystic, Wooded Foothills, Yavimaya Coast, four. <laughs> Four of the knuckle guys. Savage knuckle ball. Yeah, four Savage knuckle, knuckle blade. It's like, it's like, but you need to draw another land to give the second one haste. <laughs> That's the, that was his dream draw. It's kind of hilarious, right? Yeah. But, I mean, I didn't realize this, but, you know. I expect that you'll see a lot of that deck online this week. People like following Kipler for about five minutes, right? They did it, like, when he built, when he played the green-red deck with, uh, yeah. with Burning Earth. They, like, copied his deck. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, then, yeah. like, it fell out of Vogue. Yeah. I, I just don't see this deck being being super viable and the reason is I just don't understand do people forget how overwhelmingly dominating the green devotion decks are against all these mid-range decks like you can't get through these grounds that they make right and if you give them like two turns alive they're, they're like desolate or sorry not desolation giant they're like doomwake giant slash hornet queen none of these things get through those cards right. and they're like they have an insane offense like have you ever been attacked by a hornet queen <laughs> it has six power and that's, and that's if you're if you don't have you know Nylea or Soren. It's a new deck. Or Hornet Queen Soren. Solemn Stingers. I need so many different kinds of tokens for this deck. <laughs> you got the vampires. You got the wasps. What other decks were interesting? So Jess Guy wins. I hate that name. It was voted on by the community. And the community voted me for Resident Genius one year. <laughs> that that's. That's what kind of pedigree they have. You know, our country had George W. Bush for two different terms. Yeah. And then we saw what he did with the first term, and we kept him. Yeah. That's democracy for yeah. you. Yeah. No, um... You hate that name. You gotta hate that I, name. I, I don't, I'm not a big fan of it. Um, you know, I mean, I think I think that that deck... I'd be fine with that deck just getting the Jung treatment. Just Jeskai. Just Jess guy. But the problem is there's there's... Well, then you call, but then the Jeskai Ascendancy deck is something different. But I think there's a Jeskai Control deck. That's that's my problem. I'm telling you, I think this Narset deck is a real strategy. I, I'd love to build that. That sounds fun. I think I, I have I to add a Pearl Lake Ancient. Narset's nightmare in, uh, in Commander. I tell you that. I mean, if, if Narset couldn't be countered, I mean, it would be whack. Yeah. Um, I mean, that, that's more or less... All, all the decks that I, I was I, I, I cared about. I uh, I mean I really like Brad's deck. I, I'm really interested to see where the Ascendancy deck goes. I love Sigrist's deck. I mean I think the Ascendancy deck is terrifying. I don't like Sigrist's deck at all. Yeah. It's so unstable looking to me. It's like one of these decks where it's like your mana has to be right and you have to you're, you're just like you're so at the mercy of the top of your deck. You just see yourself playing two drops on turn three and three drops on turn four. You know, like two drops on turn five. <laughs> 
I mean, I guess I guess his two drops are never really that outclassed because Rakshasha, Death Dealer, and uh, Air of the Wilds are both pretty good in the in the mid to late game. Or you just take two. Okay, but I mean, it was a putrid leech. Kind of. I mean, putrid leech is like a substantial amount of like not having to commit. Although the putrid leech lightning bolt game was still a game. Yeah. I don't know if you remember that. Yeah, like, yeah. That was. I mean. I was on the right end of that game every single time. Yeah. I'm sorry, I, I like that it's game. It's not as good a game here. It's really bad game. <laughs> I mean, like, and also, like, there are there times where, where you watch people and they just, early early on in the format, they just didn't realize that Rashasa Death Dealer wasn't putrid leech. They're like, all right, take it. And they're like, okay, kill you. Because <laughs> you can, oh, I can pump more than once. More than once. Yeah, so, but you, know, you understand what I'm saying, right? Like, you just draw the wrong lands. Sure. And there, all the lands are painful. I think that, like, if you have this format where Tom Ross's red deck is one of the most successful decks. And, like, your best-case scenarios you're playing against, like, these Jeskai aggro decks that have got Seeker of the Way, which has lifelink, you know. Seeker of the Way, by the way, awesome. Eight lightning bolts, you know, Taylor Swift spear, freaking Mantis Rider and Stormbreath Dragon. I don't know how much damage I want to do to myself. That's the... This is the format. Like, a big part of the format is this spot where, like, dealing a whole lot of damage yourself is bad. I, I wonder, don't like one, it. One of the best Seeker plays that I think. I think Jamie was playing. Oh, I saw that match. I know which one you're talking about. He's playing against Brad, right? And yeah. then, like, he's Brad, like then, with my Hordling Outburst tokens. And yeah, and he, and he has the a raising alarm. Yeah. Oh, my God. Was, and I knew the play. Yeah. It was good. It's exciting. Yeah, Seeker, Seeker the Way is really. Uh, I, I, it's, it's gone consistently up. Like, it was always a high pick. But, like, I'm, I'm running out of rares to pick above it. Yeah, it's good. You know, you just, you just, you can never win a combat with it. So don't get in a combat with it, right? Yeah. Like, I've just learned to, even if I have a lightning bolt, just take it. We're like, yeah. take it and deal with it after, like, deal with it end of turn or whatever. It's like a two-man tax to not get blown out. <laughs> I, will like, I will pay this tax, no blowouts. Yeah. But then if, they, if they're preemptive, right, you, they give you the opportunity to blow them out. Yeah. Thanks. Usually, but you can. It only has two toughness to begin with, so if you respond, even if they have two, it's yeah. it's still cold. Unless their second one was uh, yeah, Titan strength, in which case then you're you're boned, <laughs> but or God's willing. Um, but I mean, oh my God, I've gotten so good at reading my opponents for God's willing, just like take it. It's like <laughs> like constructed God's willing. It's just like they're staring at you. Like, obviously, got God's willing. Or they're like, God's willing. I'm like, yo, dude, I knew you had God's willing. Now you don't. Like, you know, right. like end of turn, like, lightning strike your guy. God's willing. Like, all right, untap. Anger the gods, both your guys now. Thanks for three cards. <laughs> that was fun. <laughs> uh, yeah, God's willing. That's a card. You can play it. Oh, remember, I don't know if you remember this, but in Theros, it was originally from Theros, right? I said it was my favorite card. Yeah. Uh, so what are my favorite cards? Theros, I said, I said God's willing. Then... Born of the Gods is second, right? And what was my favorite card for them? And I don't remember. Probably something stupid like uh, the the red green one guy that could be haste. I, I think, <laughs> or it might have been. Actually. It might have been that guy. Uh, I'm like, it's better than a gnarled mess. <laughs> I, I can't have been my favorite card. Yeah. Could it? It could. could. Oh no, it was searing blood in that one. Oh yeah, I think it was. I, I like searing blood. Yeah. And then journey into Nyx. What was my favorite card from that one? Probably like Eidolon of Lost. You like Nick's Lease Ram a lot. Oh, yeah, I love Nick's Lease Ram. I bet you Nick's Lease Ram is one of my favorite ones. And then this one, I said Siege Rhino. Yeah, yeah, one. yeah. You were, you, were, you were pretty on point on that one. So, 
Uh, but I didn't like Rakshasa Death Leo that much. Seems like it's a good card. Yeah. Um, although, I mean, although Sigris was really the only person playing it. It's getting played now. Yeah. Wingmate Rock is just excellent. It's a really powerful card. Yeah. People are so loath to play it without raid. They're like, they have it in their hand. They're like, Ugh, a 3 4 flyer for 5. Still has an ability. It still gains you life. Yeah, well, it's badly outclassed by the red fives. Sure. Stormbreath Dragon and Dragon Speaker are so good against it. Yeah. Gotta, gotta respect those guys. But Hawaii Trip was great. Yeah. So jelly. You go every year. I mean, only for the last couple of years. <laughs> I didn't. I couldn't always. Go I'm just gonna say, I'm just not like, summoning. Just not summoning a lot of sympathy for you. Yeah, well, it's gonna, not, be, it's gonna be like you complaining about, you know, Teddy buying us dinner. When's that happening? Thursday. This week? No, I think next week. All right, so Ted Knudsen. <laughs> Don't shame him. Don't shame him for his good deed. I'm not shaming him. I am glorying in him. Ted Knudsen is coming to town and taking me, Becker, and Brian out to 11 Madison Park. And if you don't know what it is, look it up and be like, yo, 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 Teddy for president. <laughs> the end. Teddy for president. Yeah. Of England, apparently. Do they have a president in England? They do. I'm not shaming him. I'm super yeah. happy. I'm like, over. <laughs> I'm just thinking about this. I'm like overjoyed. Life's so good. <laughs> It's gonna be a good, there's gonna be a lot of food consumed while Ted's in town. So I'm not allowed to eat lunch that day. I'm sorry, I'm not supposed to eat. It's 16 courses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look it up, 11 Madison Park. You're it's not, a, you're not gonna go. There's like a Bonchon run before. You're 11 crazy. Madison Park. It's the number one rated restaurant in the country. I don't even know what that means. Yeah. Apparently the carrots are so good, I'll want to eat them. Oh my god, I've had excellent carrots. The carrots are apparently really off the charts good. Um, the. Uh, so what? Uh, so what's how are you feeling about the basketball? Cautiously optimistic. Why cautiously? LeBron's going to be thirty. I mean, even even the best players after thirty, they they take. Oh, a step so you say there's just like some risk of like. No, you know injury. Or? No, there was some talk. No, their player production just goes down, right? Sure. So he's still going to be one of the best players, probably. I would say, like, on the low end, he's going to be worth two and a quarter to two and a half regular NBA players. His peak in the last four years has been closer to four NBA players. Like, literally, his impact on the floor is like he's like he's four guys. Sure. Even if he's like if he's at two and a half guys, that puts him at slightly better than Anderson Vergeau, which we already have. Right. He, don't get me wrong, but the real the real thing that's awesome about him is that he's attracting all these free agents. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have like. Oh, sure. Oh, okay. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, no, nothing. Thank you. So the. You know, Tonight. people ask a question like, hey, did we give up too much for Kevin Love, right? So we gave up a lot to get Kevin yeah, Love, yeah. but given the fact that LeBron's going to be over 30, and I mean, his production is sure to go down, right? Sure. And it's still two, three players. How old is Kevin Love? 20-something. You know, getting a not a peak, but a near-peak Kevin Love at the same time as LeBron at maybe not the best player in the league, but, you know, still still a top five, top ten player is going to put us in great position to, to go far in the playoffs. Like, are we an automatic are we an automatic champion? No, the teams in the West are really, really strong. Right. I, I, I don't realistically think there are a lot of teams in the East that can beat the Cavs in a seven-game series. But injuries can happen. Sure. There's a lot of things that can happen. I'm sort of cautiously optimistic. I put us at I put us at over 60 games. I think that Vegas got it way wrong. They, just, yeah. they can't do the math. Uh, but the thing is that it's possible we don't do 60 games not because of the merits of the players, but just because David Blatt might spurs the team, right? And then just, like, 
rest his good players sure. in long stretches, which will cost or, or, us games. Or, or it might take him a little while for the players to buy in. Yeah, I don't think that's really no. a problem. Okay. The, the thing is, like, there's only one player from LeBron version 1.0, which is Anderson Barajow, who's still on the team. They basically kicked off everybody on the team except for their, like, high-pick young stars. Right. And I think Dion has the picture, which I'm is like, saying, I'm just saying I have to play the way to say. Sometimes it's just, like, an adjustment period to a new coach, right? Um, I, don't, I don't think that's really a problem because... Their coaching has been so bad for the last four years. There's just nothing to unlearn. Like, like they they got rid of Byron Scott because he couldn't teach Kyrie Irving defense. Like, you have this this player who is a poet on offense and has no defensive capability whatsoever. Yeah, yeah. So such a liability on half the time. They brought in, I don't know what they're thinking was bringing in Mike Brown last year. I mean, and they just they brought him in for this huge contract and then just kicked him off like after winning. Dan Gilbert has money to burn, so I guess it doesn't sure. matter. And that doesn't go against the salary cap. But anyway, long story short, cautiously optimistic. I put us at um, Eastern Conference champions, hopefully better. I don't know. Uh, I think I think Chicago's super overblown. I don't think adding – I don't think trading an over-the-hill Carlos Boozer for an over-the-hill Pau Gasol <laughs> is really that much of an upgrade. Both good players and it's, and it's also, at their it's peaks. it's not clear what you could expect from – and I think Derek Rose. peak Derrick Rose wasn't that good. Like, he was good, right? But did he really deserve I mean, he's an explosive scoring guard. Three or four better, there are three or four better players the year that he won MVP that I can rattle off the top of my head without even looking at stat lines. Who, who do you see ahead of the Bulls? In the East? In the East. The Cavs. Yeah, I mean, besides the Bulls. Oh, no one. I, I, oh, okay. I, I, think the, I think that the... Not, not buying into the Wizards? I think the Wizards and, and, the, and the Raptors are both teams that will have positive win records. Sure. But the difference between a positive win record team and a team that can actually contend with the Cavaliers is it's a huge difference there. What I have a really big question mark is, I assume Phil Jackson is still the greatest mind, if not the greatest mind, one of the top three minds ever to think about basketball sure. at the NBA level. Sure. I'm not sure what his plan is with the Knicks. Like, I, I, don't, I really, I don't know. You know, you guys don't have a lot of cap space. The way the team is constructed. Well, this year we don't. We have next year we have a lot of cap space. But, but then this if, year, this year is not. This year is like do what you can, get people to buy into the triangle, and get like and but, get get Carmelo to not play ISO ball, put him back to his natural position. But so is the goal to. I think. What, I think what's the, the team, point of like indoctrinating the team in the triangle if your plan is to jettison most of them, which is. I assume is well, the I mean, most of them, but you still have Amon Shumpert, Tim Hardaway Jr. You have J.R. Smith for a couple more years, who's a very, you know, power, capable offensive player. Very capable player. offensive player. You have, uh, you have Clear Anthony Early, that you just, you know, the, the draft pick from this year. You have a lot of young players who are still going to be there for a while. And you think that this team's going to surprise some people? I think this team's definitely going to surprise. I think this team's going to be much closer to their two-year-ago win record than their last year win. So last year they won what thirty? They they, they finished they finished thirty nine wins. Thirty nine. They won over fifty the year before. The year before, I think they're going to be somewhere around forty four to forty six wins. So the year before, they were they obviously had very a, a number of good players the year before. Sure. Um, did they still have Jeremy Lin that year. I believe uh, they did, right? Just not for the playoffs. That may be right. So they had Jeremy Lin, um, Tyson Chandler, and Jason Kidd. None of whom are on the team anymore. Sure. So, uh, I, I didn't understand the Tyson Chandler trade. Tyson I, Chandler trade seems awesome. Well, first of all, I like Jose Calderon. 
but I mean, Tyson Chandler is a it was, it was is a great talent in this Tyson, league. Tyson Chandler is a decaying talent in this league. Everyone is a decaying talent sure, who's I over the age of twenty five. He, he's he's a decaying talent who has not been healthy for two years, and they got back for him two second round draft picks. They got back Shane Larkin, who was the thirteenth overall pick in the draft the year before and didn't play at all last year because he was hurt. Yeah. He's actually a really exciting. I think he's really good. I think he's really good. I watched a lot of Summer League. I had Dane Young watching Summer League games for me because he was covering the Summer League for Fox. And uh, I, think Shane, I think Shane Larkin's going to be really exciting. Uh, they got Clear Anthony early. They also got the Greek Freak's older brother who's not going to play for them this year. He's going to he's going to go to you know uh, the D-League. I didn't know that Giannis had an older brother. Yeah. Is he super tall, too? Yeah, yeah, he's super tall. In fact, Giannis just said today, just did something, he's like, yeah, he's better than me. Wow. So, um, so they, get, they got some really, like, KG draft picks in the second round. They still have Tim Hardaway Jr., who is awesome. I, he's a good player. I love him on Shumpert. I think Shumpert... I think Shumpert's I think Shumpert is poised for, like, that Paul George, and, and not to the level that Paul George played, but that kind of Paul George breakout year. I think, I think he's going to be healthy all year this year, and I think you're going to see him flourish on both sides of the ball. What I didn't understand is, I mean, I don't know if you could give any insight But they also got this. Samuel Dallenbear and Jose Calderon well, in that. Jose Calderon's an excellent player, but you want to talk about decaying talent, right? Calderon's, you know, he's not a young guy yeah, anymore. No, no, no. Um, but but for, basically for one player, you got back five but, useful I mean, pieces. I think that that, so my my... Cynical opinion is, you know, I don't know if any of you out here listening are Dirk, Dirk Nowitzki or are apologists listening. or whatever, but I mean, Tyson Chandler won that title for them, Absolutely. right? Regardless of, Absolutely. of who, super, who was hoisting super, the trophy. I'm super happy for him that he's back in Dallas and that they wanted him and that they're going to use him. And they, Spectacular rebounding player. Yeah. So I love, I, I love Chandler. I don't, I just, I'm, I was happy with the trade. I think that. For the Knicks to get anything out of the draft, to sort of they basically recouped a draft pick they didn't have from the last year in terms of Shane Larkin. They got two draft picks, one of which could have easily gone in the first round. Like people would do would do in the draft cards, they're like, why hasn't Clear Anthony early gone yet? You know. Seems like they have to too busy taking Andrew Wiggins. Yeah. So I was actually really excited during Summer League. We're like, oh man, maybe Anthony Bennett will be a player, you know. You know, Wiggins, I'm like thinking about this, and then, you know, they just blew up that yeah. team. That yeah, team yeah. is like nothing like yeah. the team that played in the summer yeah. league. I'll, I'll take the one they gave me, though. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure. So, you know, as long as we can ride this, right, it's going to be at least two years of love and, love and LeBron. Both of them said they're going to re up, right? Right. Um, you know, I, you know, can't fault them, right? They just, there's going to be a new TV contract. They want, they want more money, fine. Said they'd re up. Gilbert's like, well, we'll see. See how you're holding up. Because. <laughs> Well, I mean, they're going to both be older, right? Like, even yeah. even Love's going to be, like, 29. I mean, right. do you want to pay that guy $50 million? Gilbert might be like, ah, thanks. I mean... <laughs> young core, you can go sign somewhere else. No, but if they get... First of all, if they get a title or two out of it, I think that the city of Cleveland sure. would be overjoyed. Sure. I thought it was interesting. I saw something where LeBron said if he'd won the title this year, he doesn't think he would have left. Yeah? Yeah, he was just like, how, how am I going to leave on three titles? Like, how do I walk... I can't walk away from that. I mean, how many of those titles he deserve? Look, uh, the Dallas title, you know, obviously went to Dallas. Uh, the Oklahoma City, it was OKC won the first game, which is rare. They're on the road, and then the Heat spanked them, right? Yeah. But I, I think that the, th- the, you know, the the second, the second one they won, <laughs> I just still don't know how that happened. <laughs> but they could easily have only won one in the last four. But the reality yeah. is, they went to the finals four times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Um, I mean, I think this team that they've assembled this year is, if not a historically great team, better than any of the Miami teams that went to the finals. I want to flip away. Would you agree with that? I, 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 think, it's the team, I think the team's terrific. I, I think the only thing that can stop them is an asteroid. You're, yeah? Yeah. I mean, I think there are a lot of teams in the West that are yeah, sub-asteroid yeah, power bowl. Yeah, there are some asteroids in the West. Well, you know, who knows how good Durant's going to be this year. He's going to miss two months. Yeah. He's not, you don't just, like, play at full power after that, right? Sure. Because they're going to make him play on his broken foot for six months. I mean, like, yeah. it's like, oh, I'm clear to play. Like, yeah, he'll put up numbers. He's going to be getting yeah, cortisone shots and like painkillers every night. If they're, if they're, like, comfortably in the playoffs, they're not going to hurry him back. They probably wouldn't hurry him. I bet you they don't hurry him back till after the break. The problem is there's teams like Phoenix in the West. Yeah. Like, Phoenix is not even a powerhouse team in the West. You think that you think that OKC, as it's currently configured with no Thabo Shefalosha, and your your leading man is Russell Westbrook, I mean, what, is is what, just what, is just gonna be poised for the number one can, position what, in the what West? What Westbrook do? I mean, this is his chance to. Shine. I know what he can do. The dude leads the league in one statistical area. Do you know what it is? Minutes? Turnovers. Scoring? No, neither one of no, those. No. It's turnovers. QBR. I'm just gonna name stats from other yeah. sports. I mean, Russell Westbrook. Russell Westbrook is the eye tests fans. He's like, he's Derrick Rose for a different team. Do you know, do you know how you enjoy basketball? Looking at box with sports. your eyes. Like I, I would just, I'm just gonna say, like I, I, I would say I enjoy it with my heart. Sure, but I'm saying like the you, swings, you're the heart palpitations. Basketball, like you know, you, you want to see exciting plays. Oh you, my god, I, I don't really, care, I don't really care about. Like I, I understand this. Like when I'm watching it, I don't want. I just want Jr. Smith to chuck one up from half court and have go in. Do you remember we went to that game and then it was it was the Baron Davis experience? Oh my god, that was the best. He's he's trying to come back again this year. I think he's so fat. I saw him in a video <laughs> with Steve Nash. He's, he's so like fat. He's like three. How fat is he? Well, was he like an elite defensive point guard? Was that his thing? I don't remember. I don't remember but he was just like training Steve Nash, right? So I guess Steve Nash is paying Baron Davis to train him up. Oh and, wow. Um. He's, He's like, eat fat. my food for me. Like, Baron Davis, don't let me eat this. Don't worry, I'll eat it. I uh, like Baron. I want to. I do too. I want to switch, switch, switch topics. Yeah. Talk about TV. Oh. You been watching TV this? Oh, week? I have. Okay. So I haven't watched The Flash yet. I haven't either. Okay. Are you like caught up with Arrow? I have like, not watched season two of Arrow. I'm watching season one of Arrow with my kids. I've never watched Arrow before. It's season one is great. It's good. I really, I, I really enjoy. So he's it. just like not a superhero, right? He's not named Green Arrow. He's just this guy, right? Yeah. Well, I think, I think as the show moves along, he's going to be a hero. He gets more. Season two is a lot of Suicide Squad, apparently. Well, yeah. Well, I mean, in Smallville, they never use the word Superman, right? right the right. entire show, yeah. right? So, but, but Arrow, I haven't watched season two. Season two done? Yeah, it's season three now. Oh, it's season three. Oh, so I mean, season two will be out on Netflix. Soon. Yeah, it's on Netflix. Oh, season two is on Netflix. It's on Netflix now. That means I can exercise. <laughs> I need a TV show so I can go on well, the so treadmill. Do you, do you have a treadmill in your apartment? Yeah, yeah. So I don't have I don't have Wi-Fi in my gym, uh, so I have to like pay. So right you now, can't get it on your on your LTE or whatever. Like I I can stream movies I, on LTE. Am, yeah, but what am I gonna do? Like pay data costs? I don't know. I've, I've never hit my data. I've never hit my data on my iPad. All right. Well, anyway, tell anyway, me story. So, so, so anyway, so Arrow, but so the shows. How, how about Gotham? I've only seen the first episode. What did you think? It's fine. I love it. Okay. I love I, Batman. Yeah. And I've seen the first episode. Does that just tell you something? I love Batman like 
I'm a Batman apologist. Yeah, like yeah. we we had this discussion. I'm like, I don't even think he's crazy. That's just how he deals with his problems. Yeah. <laughs> you th- you buy Batman as lawful good? He's consistently listed as lawful good. I don't see how that's possible. He tortures people, breaks the law constantly. Depends. I mean, it, it, I I think it depends on which section of his career. Like, if Frank Miller writes him, he's not lawful good. I mean, Frank, he's like. Getting kids in like car accidents and hitting women. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, Frank Frank Miller's not a normal person. Like, he's. How does that get through the editorial? Why does Jim Lee draw it? That's what I don't get. There's something wrong with Frank Miller on a basic level. Like, I I, I still enjoy many comics he's done, but like, I, I would not I would not say Frank Miller's Batman is a canonical Batman. So I hate arguments like this because. From my perspective, when we start talking about like how somebody's crazy or not normal or whatever, we lose our own ability as critics. That's one thing. Because like once you start throwing up your hands like, oh, he's just crazy. You know, like what are you really getting from a probative... You mean Frank Miller? Yeah. Yeah, sure. Oh, that's one thing. And the other thing is it doesn't recognize the fact that the dude is basically the number two guy to ever produce a comic book. He's really fantastic. His, his best work is, is really, you, really you up there. You have him ahead of Gaiman? Yeah, I have him way ahead of Gaiman. Really? So I, I mean, I think I think I think when you look back, I think Gaiman will be viewed as much more important. I think Morrison might be viewed as more so, important. So I mean, than, than Miller. First of all, I mean, I I, I think I, I I think Morrison. Frank, really, I mean, I'm like a like I've patterned many parts of my life after Morrison's teachings. So I still don't have him at the same level. Like I think that there was definitely an end point, probably around 1998, where Alan Moore stopped being relevant, right? Sure. And it's actually it's actually like a a cautionary tale for me. Like I, it's the kind of thing that I think about for myself that like, I always like try to try to contextualize this where he's so whiz-bang the best and if you consider only his best work but he clearly stopped being relevant at some point. Sure. It was weird because and I was talking to Brian Vaughn about this he thought that Supreme well not as great as Watchmen in terms of its, its overall you know excellence on every possible vector was a really important thing in comics but then there's just this point where Supreme devolves into being basically Mad Magazine, which, by the way, more loves. Like, he has so yeah. many tropes to Mad Magazine. Yeah. And to me, I'm like, mm. the first arc of Tom Strong is so good, and then all the subsequent ones are so much less strong. Sure. So he, he clearly stopped being Alan Moore at some point. But if you only consider his best work, it's so much better than everybody else's best work. Um... Which is, you know, it's weird. Like, you know, how do you, how do you contextualize Gil Kane, for example, right? And a draftsman, ten out of ten. One of the best comic book artists and the foundation on which a lot of modern comics are. Well, not based. only. I mean, if you look at his work from the seventies, you're like, you think it's a modern comic because it's so well done. Like, and I'm not trying to like bash people who were drawing in the sixties and seventies. They're like inking and stuff just wasn't as good. Well, they, they didn't have yeah. as good of tools and as sure. good of printing. They never digital, and they and they also didn't have. Uh, the luxury to create art all the time. Yeah. Right? But, like, Gil Kane was someone who said, I'm gonna... Yeah, but Kane's work yeah. in the 70s is like... Yeah, yeah, he also invented the graphic novel, which I think people... Uh, there was a book called Black Mark. I don't know. Sure. Did I ever yeah. give you my Black, Ar- Black Mark to read? It's not that good. It's not very good. I've had a copy of Black uh, Mark since 19... 19- oh, yeah, whatever. But he invented the... <laughs> the <laughs> but he invented the graphic yeah, novel. Yeah, yeah. Right? So, I mean... Oh, like, you also, do you have a copy of Savage? No, I don't. Oh, so, is Sa- that his other thing he did? It's a, yeah, it's a magazine. It's like a serialized magazine. Yeah, I yeah, remember yeah, reading that. I, I, I will bring you a copy. All right, of that. so it's gorgeous. So I mean, not good. Also, no. I'm thinking like you know, where do you rank Gil Kane? Like in terms of a draftsman, it's hard to imagine somebody better than him. Like who's on his level? Alex Raymond, right? These are people who yes, yeah. I mean, Alex Raymond's awesome. Alex Toth, 
Alex Toth's fantastic. But the thing is, like, if you ask, like, a, a 2014 comic book critic, they don't even know these words. Yeah. Right? They don't I, even know I, these words. I mean, not no insult to our listeners, but I'm imagining, you know, that a lot of this is just, you know, turning into Charlie Brown parent talk. I mean, so don't get me wrong. I knew the guy when he was in school. He's done a lot of really good work. But Brian Michael Bendis is not the pinnacle of comic book writing, right? He's sure. just not. He's he's a fine comic he, book writer. He is, he's, he is uh, very much like a good Hollywood screenwriter in the sense that he's not writing this high art. He's, he's really... He puts out a huge volume yes. of consistently very yeah, 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 good work. Yeah, yes, yes. But and, no. he work, and he works within the constraints of the market very well. But his high... But, you know, what Warren Ellis once said about him was that I can't imagine a guy who started off with Jinx and Goldfish could possibly be satisfied writing Spider-Man every day. Like, <laughs> which is such a Warren Ellis thing to say. Yeah. But, I mean, you think about it, like, how could it be true, you know? Like, like I'm going to write another issue of the Fantastic Four now. Like, the dude is just clearly rooted in this completely different tradition. You know, he produced... Powers is such a different work than any of the stuff that he produces for mainline Marvel. Well, Powers Ultimate is Marvel. completely rooted, is but, but but completely rooted in comic books and comic book history and traditional comic book tropes. You know who like I, I, I bet Butch Mappa likes this talk right now. Oh, yeah, 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 he's I'm still sure. listening. I'm sure. So, um, so anyway, but going back to Gotham, I love I'm, I love Gotham. I'm gonna like watch it as soon as I go home tonight. So you know Netflix paid a million dollars an episode for Gotham to immediately air it when the season is over. Oh really? Which is the biggest deal they've ever done apparently. It's, it's, I think I think it's okay. And the thing that I the reason I wanted to see if you'd watched it. Yeah. You don't really get it in issue in episode one, is how good this kid is at playing Bruce Wayne. Yes. Yeah. He's so good. So I'll, I'll, I'll absorb it. I'm, yeah. I'm, I was obviously int- obviously I mean, intended to and, watch it and, always. And the, the guy from the OC is fucking ridiculous. As, as Jim Gordon. He's just great. So He's supplanted Gary Oldman for me as Jim so Gordon. What alignment would you give Jim Gordon? I'm not good at the alignment thing. No? I would Growing up, I would have said lawful good. And he was like best friends with Batman, right? He's generally rated as true neutral. Which I'm like, really? I guess he just like... Yeah, I would. At I least would, lawful neutral. I would say. I would say maybe lawful neutral. There's a lot of stories where Jim Gordon's compromising, right? You know. Well, like, so you, you should watch. You should watch this. It's very. It's very well, I know what he did in the first episode, yeah, yeah, yeah. right? Yeah. You so. Watch. So anyway, so 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 Gotham. You haven't really watched it yet. Have you been watching Sons? Of course, I've been watching Sons. It's my number one show right now. Who's gonna be? Who's gonna? Who's gonna be alive at the end of the season? <laughs> season. It's, They're moving so quickly. It has been. Oh, but I, and I love I love the fact that Kurt Sider's like, yeah, it's the last season. Yeah, I got this many episodes. This one's an hour and twenty three minutes long. Oh my god! So Catherine would be like, all right, you can watch your show, but I'm gonna watch Daily Show or whatever, right? But she used to be like totally into Sons. But we thought like season five was gonna be the last season, so she was like, she like emotionally right, was like, Jack's right. gonna be off yeah. the TV after season five. Yeah. And then they didn't cancel the show. And then not only that, but they give him another season last season. Right. <laughs> they give him another season. She's just like, I'm over it. I was like, at season five, I was like. I, I made my heart it's, it's farewell. It's so funny because I, I think that there's a, 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 a real fork in the road for season five. The season five is set up to be the end, right? Yeah. It's set up But then end, they just didn't and cancel they just, it. And they just didn't cancel it and throw in that random CIA plot. Like the the, the CIA, you know, deus machina yeah, to like yeah, get oh out of God. things. And it's like, uh, and so. And, know, then, and then and these, it, 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 and it, look, whatever these federales, CIA, yeah, yeah, machete it, guys are just not on the show anymore. It, rumb- right? it rumbles along. Like, I think last season it found its footing. Yeah. I think it, I think it was uneven for two years. Oh, oh, I agree. So it substantially 
down in quality. It's still a very good show, but nowhere near as, let's say, it's like height at season yeah, two yeah. or three. Yeah. But now it's back. I, this season is It's just... unbelievable. It's not the best. It's season two or three. Whatever the, whatever the one which which is where they trick the, the federal agent at the end yeah, is, yeah, the, yeah. is the best season. Yeah, yeah. But um, season's very good. And the thing that I'm... Oh, that, by the way, lots of spoilers. <laughs> at the end of last season, the last episode I saw up until that last scene, obviously, in the kitchen, I was just like, felt so triumphant. I was like, Jax is Jax? Just like this whole season, I was just like, Jax is completely like a sludge inside. I don't know what's going on here. He's like betraying Tara with other women, all these, all these things. Like, and at the end, there's like this shining moment. You're like, oh no, Jax is still Jax. And now I don't know what the fuck is going on. Yeah, yeah. Like, is he the, like the literally the last episode of last season, I'm like, Jax is Jax again. And now I'm like, is he actually a villain? Like, is yeah. he Walter White? I don't even know. Right. They're dealing drugs. They're like... I mean, the, the body count is ridiculous. And and I should say, and spoilers There's here, spoilers all over this for Suns fans. Stop listening if, if you, you ever yeah. But, like, all of these bodies are on Gemma. Yeah. Gemma's, no. Gemma's body count is through the roof. I mean, she's time, like, a, she's got to be over three dozen right now. So on her little white That's lie. Just the season. But the thing is, like the amount, the, the, they never had this level of callous disregard for life right. before the season. And like, and I'm not even just talking about Jax. Like, obviously, Jax has personally been through a trauma. Yeah. But Chibs and Bobby Elvis, considering the fact that they're outlaws, have always been noble, like consigliori characters, right? Right. right yeah. Like both of them are like level-headed. They're like, let's stay out of trouble. Right. But everybody, let's protect every, Jack. But everybody's on board by Tara. Everyone's on. They all just love Terra, right? Everybody's, like, everybody's, Terra's act, last act is to save Bobby Elvis's yeah, 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 life, yeah. right? Everybody's, so, everybody's on board by that. But like, Chibs is just acting like a savage. I just don't understand it. Like, but, but, but if but Tig they, does but it, they, I don't but care. They, but right? they all, they all follow Jax, and so when Jax was trying to get them onto like it's to be good, the, the straight and narrow, like, the they straight were, like, narrow like, of being pornographers yeah. slash brothel owners, right? <laughs> like, but so, so, all right, so, so that's Sons. Uh, Walking Dead? I still have never seen it. So, so I figure I'm going to binge watch it at one point. So I'll just watch it in one week. Walking Dead is, is so good now, right? This season? like You know I've read all the comic books, right? I've read I every single issue. It's, it's, just, it's just gotten better and better. Yeah. Like, it's, it's, it's had some real... It, it's, it's obvious that it struggled with showrunner. Yeah. And there are some seasons that I begrudge nobody for walking away during. But, but it's bad. But last season, and this season, just two episodes in... It's been ridiculous. I've heard consistently that the opening episode of this season was a lot of people's favorite episode. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, it was. So, it was. It was. Uh, it was barbaric. I'll throw some. It's show. Terminus. So do you know? Was Terminus a part of? I didn't get that far in the comics. I, I'm not that far. No, ahead. I don't know. Terminus. So apparently, a, a lot thing. of people's favorite characters are characters that aren't even in the comics. Yeah. So. yeah. I don't know. Do you do you have like the governor on the TV show? The governor is, is was there on the TV prison. Show. Yeah. Is there Negan in this or no? No. All right. So Negan is like. Governor Part Two. He's like the big bad of okay. uh, All Out War, yeah. Yeah, I gotta, I which gotta, is like a two-year-long arc. Yeah, I gotta go. I gotta go back. They might be leading up to that right now. So, um, so uh, is he the guy who says you're the butcher or you're the cattle? I mean, I don't know if you've had like I don't know what arcs you've seen. Like, okay, you've yeah. seen like something to fear, a wider world. I gotta, I gotta, so, I gotta. I have, I have a stack of the traits that I need to. I, so, I only so read like the first. I'll throw some shows out to you, and then I'll tell you what my wife said, which is so amazing. Okay. And I was like, I couldn't believe this is how the amount of clarity she had. Yeah. So you watched how 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 to get how to get away with murder yet? I've watched two episodes. Do you like it? I love it. She loves it. She I thinks it's it. like this ingenious show. I think it's I think it's fantastic. I think Viola Davis is just ridiculous. And then I'll give you another one. Have you watched Blackish yet? I haven't. I 
love it. Oh, interesting. I mean, I love it. Like, they're actually going for this, like, black modern family thing, right? They're right. like, so basically they, they've hit this lightning with... This Anthony Anderson. Yeah, they've hit lightning with, with, with Modern Family, right. which is a show that nobody else has, right? Right. So if you look at the number... Well, modern Family is like... I was, it's so funny. I was, I was at the part where we were all talking about TV, yeah. and I said something about Modern Family, and Marshall yeah. was like, oh, is that show actually good? You know, I actually, just, you know, I never watched until last year, well, and I it. bought every season. That's it's so he, good. He just, it's unbelievable. He, his read on it was that it was just like, uh, an like ABC, the Big Bang. It was theory. just like an ABC yeah. sitcom. Yeah, that it was. And I was like, no, it's it's actually so, just really funny. So nobody else has this show, right? Yeah, so yeah. the number of times that NBC's tried to redo Seinfeld, Frasier, Cheers, or Friends at this point is embarrassing, right? Yeah, yeah. Every and, single I season. Mean, to be fair. A lot of other networks have tried to redo Seinfeld, Friends, Frasier, and Cheers. And, yeah, and they're just nobody's yeah. doing it, right? So all of NBC's successes are ABC, like ABC actually had a really good Friends knockoff that got canceled. Oh, the one with the Happy Endings. Yeah. Happy Endings was good. It was so, really funny. So nobody's nobody's doing really well with so you know Parks and Rec is in its last season. Yeah, yeah. Community's living on on Yahoo, right? And Thirty Rock ended, right? Yeah. So. NBC's at a dearth of, of comedies right now. Yeah, yeah. Um, but ABC's like, all right, we're gonna we're gonna go for we're gonna try to hit Modern Family again. I I don't know. Maybe it's because I come from a I'm like I'm a first generation immigrant, right? And a minority member, and like I had like wild swings in my life in terms of like how much money I've had, right? So I'm doing pretty well now. You know, there were times when my parents were like pretty successful doctors. I've also like for a long time in my life been in a situation where like spam was the luxury meat like <laughs> instead of like Hormel or whatever sure. you before you know, so you know and, and I don't know if you need to see like the whole swath of potential minority human experience to appreciate blackish but it's based on this family where like the mom is a doctor and the dad is is an advertising executive and then like a, a bunch of kids who are but they're like black, but they're struggling in so far that the parents are actually black, and the kids are like acting very the kids, the kids upper are more, middle class, more assimilated into middle yeah. class. Yeah, so like, and like that's actually the inherent struggle, which sure. is like a struggle that like I totally understand from a from a first person perspective. Where my parents were like, we have immigrant values, we have a certain level of relig religiosity, we have a certain level of of um, you know respect for tradition and so forth. And, like, I was just talking to my dad about, like, work. Like, he's like, oh, how's work and everything? And I'm like, well, I don't know if you understand this about me, but I don't care about stability at all. Stability isn't irrelevant to me. Right. And he's like, well, how can you say that? I'm like, well, you know, I think I'm always going to be able to land on my feet. What's more important to me is, like, I get something out of my time, you know? And you're like, I only have so much time on the planet. And, you know, like, and I try to think about things, like, on a scale of 1 to 10, how much did I hate what I did today? Right. You know, if that number is too high, it doesn't matter how stable my situation is or, or how much, you know, money right. or whatever. Like, that's that's not the way that you act and you of all people I know understand this yeah. right? but like my dad's just like you know he has immigrant values right that, yeah. he's lucky enough to have worked for himself for a large portion of his yeah. career but he's, he's at the end of his yeah. career now so he chose to like go work at the Cleveland Clinic for kind of like a stable get a get a pension at the end of his career he's just right. like yeah well you know I hate I hate going to work way more than I ever did when I was working for myself but it's still not that bad you know people having a garbage fight across the street from us. They are flinging bags of garbage and recyclables at each other. Maybe they were upset about my reading of Blackish. But anyway, I think and you should try it. And now picking up entire garbage cans. It may be... It may be time to go home. It may be time to go home. 
So I, I recommend Blackish, and you, you want me to binge watch Walking Dead? I I would you can you can wait. I mean, I, if you, I, I was going to do it anyway. How do you like Doctor Who this season? I haven't watched it at all. I'm like not not appointment viewing for me at all this year. I actually uh, you haven't watched it at all. I watched it at all. I hate the new Doctor. Okay, that's that's I I usually wait would let myself get four oh, or five. I hate ep- him. I know. I'm saying I would normally let myself get four or five episodes ahead, and everyone said just don't watch it. It's, and so, I and I have so much TV and so much stuff backed up that I'm just looking for any excuse to quit things. So here's the thing. Stephen Moffat is obviously the greatest showrunner. I mean, actually, he's actually not that great of a showrunner. He's the greatest single episode writer of Doctor Who ever. Right. He's so amazing. He's produced am- among the greatest works of short speculative fiction ever. He's got a plan. But I just... After the guys who I like so much, like David Tennant... And then I, I learned to love Matt Smith, which is basically David Tennant Part 2. Right. Even though I, did, I never really loved him. But then I loved his mythology, right? Like, I loved... I loved the intertwining of River Song. I loved... Um, I loved the Ponds, right? I super love Karen Gillian. Wow. Um, but... Uh, I don't... I, I don't I don't love this one I'll tell you why Doctor the Doctor as he's been depicted in the modern era is the greatest war master in the history of fiction of all fiction right did you watch like the 50th anniversary yeah, yeah, episode yeah, yeah, yeah. With, with the war doctor yeah, yeah. right so you've got the war doctor you've got the ninth doctor like in A Good Man Goes to War which is one of my favorite episodes ever they talk about the word doctor meaning like great warrior in 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 some place like that's like the tradition of the doctor like this ruthless powerful yet so ultimately benevolent god of time and space I'm not paying any attention to you and this current doctor is complete rejection to that he hates soldiers he's like super prejudiced against soldiers right which is why that's why I don't like him he's just like super narrow minded about this sure. thing where he himself is the greatest war master in the history of fiction but you wouldn't pay attention to I, I just didn't pay attention to that anyway. I'm, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna watch it like until someone comes along and says hey this was really good and you should well, until someone comes along and gives me a compelling reason to watch it I'm just not watching it. I'm back to no Doctor Who. Right. Or or Karen Gillan returns to the show. Do you watch Selfie? I, I watch one episode of Selfie and it's painful. Oh no, it's painfully good. <laughs> <laughs> so, me and a bunch of my friends are like, she's so hot. That show is so bad. She's so hot. I agree. Um, I, I, I was like about 10 feet from her at San Diego Comic Con. She looks better in person. Impossible. Oh, did you watch The Affair yet? What's the affair? It's on Showtime. It's like Rashomon murder. Sh- like no, uh, I haven't watched it. There's two episodes in. My wife said it was like not that good after the first yeah. episode. Yeah. And we watched the second episode. It was just like I was gonna watch it before Homeland or whatever. And um, it's I don't. It's like did you like Leftovers? I haven't watched Leftovers yet. Leftovers is worth watching. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm, people I'm are going, super torn on it. I'm gonna I'm gonna watch it. It's a, it, to me it's a bitten show. Yeah, yeah. So. I would say The Affair is Showtime Leftovers, which is, like, there are shows that are clearly good that everyone watches, like, on these channels, like, Game of Thrones, everyone watches. I'm sorry, I don't mean to jump. You watch Sonic Highways? No, you watch The Nick? I did. I watched three episodes of The Nick. Are you not in love with it? I love it. Yeah. I, love it. I just don't have Cinemax. How do you not have Cinemax? I don't know. I don't... You have, you have HBO, right? Yes, but it doesn't come with Cinemax. Oh, where I live, it's, like, yeah, yeah, all no, one no. type. Yeah, yeah, We have freaking stars. I don't know. Yeah, I have stars. But you don't have Cinemax. But I don't have Cinemax. I pay for a middle package. Really? Yeah. I mean, I would rather not have some of these channels. Yes, right? I'm I sure agree. I'm paying extra yes. for these things. I, we made some, at some point we made some decision yeah. that like we'll have these channels. But we won't we have, have these Showtime, channels. right? 
No, I don't have Showtime. I don't have Showtime or Cinemax. I have Stars and HBO. But at some point, but this was before every network had a, had original programming. Wait, so weren't you telling me to watch Ray Donovan? Yeah, I watched Ray Donovan on Netflix. I use Netflix. It's on Netflix. I I mean, it's on discs. Oh, on discs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, everything's on discs. You watch that's, how Homeland? Watch, that's how I watch Homeland. I'm watching up season three right now. Oh, I binged it also to get. I think I love it. Yeah, I love Homeland. I, I just start, just started watching season three. So, all right, want to break? We should break. Just what? 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 You, you know, what my favorite show is this year. Mine's Sons of Anarchy. I, I love Sons of Anarchy. Sleepy Hollow. Yeah, I'm not. No, I, no jokes. It is, to me, it is the best of Buffy. And the best of Doctor the Who. The best of Doctor Who. Absolutely. So, it is so well written, so much fun. Yeah. And the actors play it like utterly straight. So I should I should get it. You should just you should just get it too. I think you'll love it. You're gonna fall in love with her. You're gonna fall in love with her sister. You're gonna love it. Um I like Brooklyn Nine Nine. I like Brooklyn Nine. Actually I love the Fox comedies. If I haven't watched uh, I haven't watched Mulaney. It's bad. It was weird. I'm a big fan of him and his stand-up. I have all his stand-ups. Osip said the same thing on Twitter. So it's just rehashed his stand-ups, but really badly done. That's too bad. It's depressing. That's too so, bad. So uh, I love New Girl, and I love Mindy Project, too. Yeah, my wife my wife watches Mindy Project pretty really. It's really good. New Girl, I, I could take her leave. So here's the thing. You start watching New Girl because you're like, oh, I love Zoe Deschanel, right? But she's like not even the reason to like it. Everybody else is so good. Yeah. And I think that it's painfully funny, like the funniest show on television at its height. To the point that you're, like, physically in pain. Um, but, like, it's not memorable in the same way that, like... Like, I, me and my wife will still be like, That's, that point is moo. A cow's opinion. Right? He's, like, doing all these gags from Seinfeld or Friends 20 right, years right, later. Right, yeah. And he doesn't have that iconic. No. It's just like, I'm going to hit you in the head with a shovel. It's not really that funny. But the, while you're watching it, you're like, it's really funny. All right, so that was an hour and a half, and the entire last hour was yeah. I had nothing to do with Magic Gathering. So what's what's this podcast called? Garbage fight. Garbage fight. <laughs> garbage fight. <laughs> Woo! Um, All right. Garbage fight. Brian David Marshall, Michael J. Flores, Topic Magic. You should like uh, our Topic Magic. Oh, I page. forgot yet. Like our page. Like our page, and uh, I think Are we have an our, announcement coming. I up? think for our next podcast, we have an announcement coming. Up. It's going to be a good announcement. It should be a good one. All right. Bye.